News Radio 1350 KMAS. And Kathy Dawes now with U.S. Senator Jerry Moran of Manhattan on the phone with me this morning. We welcome you, Jerry, and appreciate getting back to these regular visits now that that uh, election's over, I guess we could say. So welcome to the program. Kathy, I'm glad to be with you and be with our listeners on the program, and good morning to everybody. And I know it's Veterans Day. Why don't we lead off with that? I know we may mention the election briefly. I mean, it's kind of uh, uppermost on a lot of folks' minds. But let's talk about Veterans Day because I know that's a very special time for you in particular. Well, Kathy, thank you. Uh, one of the focuses that I've had since being elected to Congress, both in the House and now in the Senate, has been veterans. And I'm, I'm not a veteran. I grew up with Vietnam in the back of my life. I graduated from high school and, uh, a year or so as, as the Vietnam War, after the Vietnam War was coming to an end, and uh, but I thought I learned something from uh, Vietnam, among other things, is that we should always respect and honor those who served our country in, in whatever capacity, in whatever war, whatever endeavor, and uh, I think Americans uh, are doing that uh, much better than they did in my, in my high school days, and I wanted to do that myself, uh, and so uh, we certainly pay our tribute to those who served our country today on this day, but I hope it becomes something that is uh, just uh, a natural occurrence every day of the year. Uh, and I think we often look for, uh, you know, heroes in the wrong places. Uh, we look at uh, amphitheaters and rock stars and people who can make a three-point shot and those who can hit a home run. And heroes are actually among us. And those they are those who serve uh, our country. And it can be the school custodian to just, the, the, you know, somebody we meet on the street. And so today is one of those days, but I hope it's just one of many days in which we pay pay respect. And it's more than that. Uh, I've become, I have a, I guess what I call a love-hate relationship with the Department of Veterans Affairs. Uh, we keep uh, beating on their door, trying to get them to do a better job of caring for veterans. And many times people will tell me how the VA has cared for them in a, in a very good way. But I also know that there are many, many veterans who are slipping through the cracks, and we need a Department of Veterans Affairs that is worthy of the service and sacrifice uh, of those who, uh, who served us. And uh, we're going to continue to do that. We'll have a new Secretary of Veterans Affairs, and I hope to play a role in, uh, in the selection of that person. I certainly uh, will, will work to have input. Uh, the VA needs a different and better leader than what is there today, and I hope that a person can make a difference uh, in making certain that the benefits are received in a timely fashion and that health care is the, the highest quality in the most timely way. And I know you've been very actively involved with some of the Veterans Affairs issues, too, which is what I was referring to naturally. And and I know we have family members, of course, who are veterans, too. We, we share that. Um, it definitely is a time to stop and, and think a little bit about what they've done for our country and do appreciate your comments. I guess we might as well mention the election. I think people are still talking an awful lot about it, and not just, of course, at the local level, but quite frankly, at the national level. And first of all, congratulations to you. And what's it like in Washington, D.C. the last couple of days? What are you hearing that way? Well, Kathy, uh, I appreciate the opportunity Kansas has given me to work on their behalf, and I'll try to be worthy of that, uh, that election. Uh, and in many ways, uh, we can tie what we said about veterans to the election which is that there are those who served and sacrificed to give us the opportunity to make choices about what men and women we want to lead us in Washington, D.C., and at the courthouse, and at Speaker. And uh, again, we thank veterans for that chance. I've been to Washington, D.C. since the election, uh, and uh, it is it, it's probably the same as it is in Kansas and across the country. Uh, a lot of surprise. Uh, 
I think both Republicans uh, and Democrats were resigned to a different outcome. Uh, some would be happy with the outcome, others less so, of course, uh, but resigned to a different outcome in the presidential race than was expected. I think that comes from uh, the news media that we all receive, uh, telling us the, the, giving us the analyst point of view and what the polls say. And so, I mean, Washington, D.C., like the country, I think there's a real sense of surprise. I look at elections as like New Year's Day, in which uh, the hope is that there are new resolutions, that we resolve to do things better and differently, and that it's a new, a new day, a new beginning, and I hope this election uh, you know, portends that. I would say that I think both Donald Trump, uh, the president-elect, and President Obama, the current president, have conducted themselves in what I find to be very uh, appealing, very appropriate. Uh, the, the, the president-elect has said in things differently than what he has said, uh, in, a, in a way differently than what he said before, and uh, President Obama is doing the things that he as a president is supposed to do to help transition this country to a new president. So I know there is disappointment and pleasure uh, in, out there in the, in the outcome of the election, but uh, I take the view that uh, all Americans should respect the views of Americans, the voters who voted, made a decision, and now it's our job to work with um, the circumstances, the president that we have, the, the Congress that we have, the cabinet that we will have, to try to make certain that good things happen in the country. A lot of emotion, of course, still out there, and we continue to hear of even protests. But any anticipation? I mean, are you expecting pretty big changes in Washington, D.C.? And, of course, not just when we're talking about the president-elect, but just the makeup of the Senate and the Congress as a whole. Well, even the makeup of the Senate was a surprise to many. Uh, I predicted uh, that, and I don't and claim to have any uh, tremendous insight into this, but I expected the Senate to be 51 Republicans. Uh, it ended up at 52. There were many who expected the Democrats to gain the majority. Uh, I hope what this means is that there's a willingness, now that the election is over, to see more effort to work together. Uh, many Kansans over the years have, uh, in, you know, they'll, they'll call the office and say, you tell Moran not to budge one inch on anything. Don't give in. And many other Kansans call and say, why can't Jerry work with his colleagues and get something done? And I I see my job as figuring out what category an issue fits in. I think there's a very narrow set of issues in which there's not much room of any to budge and a broader uh, set of issues in which you have the opportunity to try to find common ground with people who come from different places in the country with different points of view. And uh, I hope that there is the opportunity now to resolve some of the country's major differences. And already some of the things that I think are so, that have been so damaging to the country that have come from the Obama administration, particularly as it relates to executive orders, rules, regulations, bureaucracy, uh, a new president, a new cabinet on, on their own uh, without significant involvement of Congress can, can change those outcomes. And I, you know, I, I think of things that are particularly happening now at the Department of Labor in regards to new rules and regulations, some of the problems we've had with the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service on uh, endangered species related to, to Kansas and the lesser prairie chicken, concerns about uh, energy policy related to fossil fuels. Those are decisions that the Obama administration made without the input of Congress, and a president, a new president, can make a different decision than the one that's been made. So I think there will be significant changes as one administration changes to the other, and then it remains to be seen whether or not Congress can work together. One of the things that, that I don't mean this in a personal way, but the departure of Harry Reid as the, uh, originally when I arrived in the Senate as the majority leader, and most recently as the minority leader, uh, he did not run for re-election. And of course, he lost the majority two years ago uh, when I chaired the Senate campaign committee, the Republican Senate campaign committee. The 
obstructionist to us just trying to make the Senate function. And uh, that's one of the things I hope will happen is that we'll have uh, a Senate that actually does its work. Well, I know hopefully we can get back to some sense of normalcy. I, I do notice that you did a little surprise visit to Kansas State University in the last week or two and uh, to Dr. Barry Flinchball's class, one of my favorite people. And that sounded like a tremendous time. I have noticed you've had news releases, of course, on the Affordable Care Act open enrollment period. It'll be interesting to see if anything happens that way, too. But just any other thoughts as we try to get back to business, I guess? Well, uh, Kathy, thanks. Uh, it's, uh, on the Affordable Care Act, it's one that I should mention when we talk about things that will change. Uh, there clearly is the opportunity to, to find a different path forward in regard to improving access to affordable health care and the Affordable Care Act and then Obamacare. And I think that will be a front and center issue. The question is, can Congress, and particularly in this case, Republicans come up with a plan that uh, will be better? Uh, again, if, I oppose the Affordable Care Act. I think it's been significant problems and anyways, catastrophe for both the economics of our country, job creation, economic opportunity, but also for our health care providers uh, and for patients. Uh, increasing premiums, higher deductibles, co-payments, lack of choice, those are bad things that have happened. And the question now becomes, can we, can we do it differently that improve uh, access to affordable health care? And that's certainly front and center. It is the topic of conversation uh, constantly now with people who are getting their premium notices and inability to get the policies that they want. And secondly, thanks for mentioning K-State. We've spent a lot of time at K-State the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, Dr. Flinchbaugh's class is always an exciting opportunity, and he is so smart and such a uh, quality educator. Uh, I honor teachers, and I honor him for his uh, service to Kansas State, but mostly to students and to agriculture across the country. And I visited with the, with the interim president, the General Myers, uh, agricultural research uh, related to wheat. I saw some tremendous, fascinating things that are going on at K-State. Uh, I came by the campus uh, recently and saw the cranes and were reminded about the future of NBAP. had a chance to visit with some students, uh, a, gr a group called Results, uh, a number of students here on the K-State campus who worry about hunger and education in the, in the undeveloped parts of the world. And they were uh, making compelling cases about what we can do to try to improve the, the, the lives of people around the globe. And I co-chair the Hunger Caucus, and I have a great interest in trying to find ways that we feed the world, for example. DU House invited me to speak to their chapter, and so was on a, on campus of visiting with fraternity. I try to make certain I not don't lose touch with what it's like to be 18, 19, 20 years old. And K State, of course, the, our university system in, in our state is is got to be the, one of the greatest assets, the greatest asset we have uh, in addition to the people of our state in moving forward. And so, what happens at Kansas State, what happens at our other universities, what happens at our alma mater, is something of significant importance to the future of Kansas and its people. Well, thanks again, Jerry. Anything else as we wrap things up? And again, good to have you back on the air with us. Kathy, I don't know where you graduated from high school, but I also visited the Atchison High School. That would be my high school, yes. Uh, I saw your alma mater and toured the, the high school building and had the student leaders, the student body president, vice president, the ambassadors give me a tour of their of their high school. I was at the old high school, though. Uh, uh, this is a new high school. It looks good. And I just too young to have been to an old high school. Uh, no, I was the one that's, I think, now more, you know, the one that's across from the Presbyterian Church there. That's where I actually went when we were all together in one old building there. So, but. Well, I visited your high school, uh, at least the new building of your high school, and uh, <laughs> visited with some great students in Atchison. And, uh, again, uh, trying to make sure I don't lose touch with what it's like as a 16, 17-year-old, but also to make sure that our teachers know that uh, they are very important. They help change the world one person at a time in classrooms every day across our state. 
and some wonderful teachers there that I still know, so I do appreciate that. Well, again, U.S. Senator Jerry Moran of Manhattan with us today, and we appreciate him being on with us today. I know his schedule's been very hectic this last week. We'll take a break. We come back. We have Hugh Davis with USD 475, Junction City area. Looking forward to visiting with him for the first time on the air, and he'll share with us some of the things going on in the Junction City and Fort Riley area. And again, you're listening to In Focus on News Radio, KMAN. 